0: All right, do I just click on got it? To get, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Good afternoon. Today I'm talking to Laura Lindhurst. Hiya, Laura. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Uh, hi, yeah. I'm uh, Laura Lindhurst, which is a pen name, because I was a bit shy of putting my real self out there when I first started the publishing thing. Um, I'm... In my 60s, I spent a lot of time traveling with my husband's work um, forever. Didn't get to university in my teens, but I got there in my 40s when we'd settled down a bit and stopped traveling. At which time, I started writing bits and pieces, um, not exactly a journal, just jotting down ideas I had. Um, And I did that for a few years. And then a couple of years ago, I started. had had an idea for a book, started putting that together, and it all went a lot faster and published it just over a year ago in May 2020 when we were locked down, which, um, yeah, I I enjoy writing. I've written a few more books since and self-published them all. Um, I tried some traditional publishers, but uh, no dice. I don't have ages to keep going to loads of people being a lot older. But I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy writing. I enjoy. I read tons. Uh, review everything I read these days. I exercise to try and keep a bit fit. Um, but I do like eating and drinking, and I look forward to the weekend when there's going to be some pizza and wine or whatever in the offing. Um like going for long walks, live in the country now, came from London eventually, originally, um, but lived in some fairly quiet places, so I'm used to that, so we live in the middle of nowhere now basically, which is nice and quiet for writing, so I'm quite lucky I stopped working when we moved here um, just over five years ago, I had to give up my work and it there is not much around where we live in this quiet little part of Lincolnshire, so was quite happy to stop and be home and do things I enjoy for change which includes reading writing
1: yeah that's a bit about me (laughs) Uh, did you always want to write um I wasn't really uh
0: someone thinking I'm going to write a book one day not really I I enjoyed school when I was young I it worked for me I know a lot of people it didn't work but sitting being talked to in a classroom and taking notes and i suppose reading really i mean i read from very young um and maybe that led to into wanting to write um i just love getting lost in a book um i used to watch i say this when i was very young on sundays the bbc used to around tea time sort of five o'clock they do uh, they'd make a dramatization of some classic book and i used to love watching these and then they were doing one and I always go on about this, but they were doing one. It was Lorna Doone, and it was so good. I thought, I can't wait for this thing to end, you know, one episode a week. So I got my saved up pocket money and went to Smith's and bought the book and then went home and just read the book under the bed covers, got it read. So I knew what was going to happen. And by the time the end of the series came, it was really quite disappointing because the villain has this really, he gets sucked down into a bog. Oops, I've just spoiled it for anyone who doesn't know it, but... Um, and of course they couldn't do that they didn't have special effects back then so he just splashed around in a puddle for a bit and went underneath and then as soon as they said can't came out quite fast presumably but I, I just loved these books and and doing these dramatizations on television was a really great way for me of um of thinking oh I love this I'm going to go and get the book and then you, you read you read a lot and I suppose at some point I thought well I could do this I mean I read anything comics books um i remember buying some Barbara Cartland and going through those Jean Plady if you remember the whole every Jean Plady book ever written I had a whole whole I didn't have a bookshelf I had stacks of them sitting on the floor when I was in my late teens um and we were traveling off abroad so they had to go because you can only take so much so they went but I know just 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 like reading and then i went to university in my 40s and that so then i started writing essays about the books i read um and you and even about books that i didn't like that i'd had to read you know you get you know you're just doing university yourself aren't you and it or you think you're, you're finished now yeah that's finished yeah yeah but some I was English English literature and that was me. But sometimes you think, oh God, really, I've got to read that. But you read it because it's on the syllabus. And sometimes there's not a lot of choice and you've got to write an essay on it. So it's a good discipline. And I'd get ready with the computer and loads of reference books and sit there and think, right, today you create. So you get the screen, you put the title up, and then you you type the first word, and you think, Yes, I've started. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it was and it's I suppose yes for writing essays, which putting together a good essay where it it flows through and you've got the beginning the middle the end and you what is it tell them what you're going to tell them tell them it and then tell them what you told them you know that sort of formula of it making sure you've done that and I, I kind of enjoyed the discipline of that so I suppose when I had an idea that I thought I could write a book about this you know as you do it the, the training worked quite well in making sure that, think, OK, well, I'll stop there and I'll end there and maybe, you know, it's like planning an essay. You know, when you, you sit down in the exam and they say make a plan, so you spend like a minute going do this, do this, do this, and then you go away and you go wildly everywhere else but, but around the plan. But, but it's it's a, it's a use of doing it. So, yeah, and somehow I just had an idea and thought well, I could do something with that. So I did. And then... I've got having said that I've got loads of bits and pieces in the laptop that never came to anything and I don't say they won't you know they were just they seemed like a good idea at the time and then at a certain point I think you think yeah do you know I don't think this is actually that good it doesn't feel as good as when I thought of it so they're sitting there but they won't go to waste I mean I don't know about you but I chop bits out and think I could use that you know ultimate recycling so (laughs) at some point they'll go somewhere but yeah, so I just kind of got into it and you have that time of thinking am I really a writer? I'm a bit of a fraud really, aren't I? But then then you publish it and you see it on Amazon and you think, no, nope, I'm there on Amazon so I must be a writer. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just something that came late, I suppose, but just, just grew from, from the reading into the university reading and writing and it just took it a step further, I
1: suppose. And what made you choose the genre that you write in?
0: Um, difficult because I started off doing a sort of literary fiction and I've just finished the third book of that Uh, it was going to be one standalone book and I just I just had I I just had this idea and thought yeah that's something I think there's a message there's something to be said about that and it was one standalone book but when I finished it I, I could I think there's another story to tell here so I did another one which the first book people don't like that's my fairy tales don't come true it does okay, but it was my first one. The second one, which is called Degenerate Regenerate, people liked a lot more. And it's got a bit of a mystery element in it, which isn't in the first book, apart from, yeah, you want to know what happens, but this one there's a bit of a whodunit to solve. And then the third one, which I've just finished and I'm just I've just been sitting down, putting it on Kindle thread and what have you this morning. Um, it's a story, and then towards the end, it gets a bit what's going to happen, who's doing that, what's going so there's a little bit of something a bit mysterious there. But the one, the the book that I'm um plugging at the moment, can I hold it up? Yeah yeah, of course and you know Mm -hmm. what you did. This this is a psychological suspense thriller. I'm told it is a thriller I wasn't sure but people that have read it said yeah you can call it a thriller. It was just an idea I had one day, I'd had a conversation with somebody about something and this idea occurred to me and and I've been reading, I like these, I've been reading a lot of them because when I started writing, um, I went online, read lots of advice. And it said, you know, especially if you're going to be pitching agents and publishers, it's good to be able to say to them, oh, yeah, you you represent so-and-so. And I love his or her books, read loads of them. I admire them. And that's why I came to you. Well, I realised I wasn't actually reading. There was no one I recognised because I tend to read the classics. That's just, that's just, I mean, I read everything as a child. And then at some point when I started doing A-levels in university, the classics, well, it just was, that was so that was what I was reading. And I thought, well, I need to start reading some more top, more um, contemporary stuff, you know, authors who are actually alive and writing now. So I did that and I took out a Kindle Unlimited subscription because that's a really good way of doing it. And you can go in and think, oh yeah, look, and you're allowed, to, I said, you know, you're allowed 10 at a go. So I go in and there's all these psychological suspense thrillers and, oh great, yeah, I'll have that one, that one, that one. Now I've got a whole line of them waiting to be read. I mean, I've never got less than 10 books in there. <laughs> uh, but I started reading these because I quite liked them. So I got an idea of how the genre works. And I went online and there was someone who wrote them and put up, a, you know, things to do and things to don't do, you know, and give it, start with a really, a really good beginning, start with some really massive happening that people think, wow, what's going, what's going to top that? What's going to come after that? So I read up on how to do it. And having read a lot, I got some idea. So I thought, well, I'll just give that a go. And it was it was quite good fun to write i have to admit um so i'm going to i'm probably going to stick with that i mean i've, I've got the literary fiction trilogy finished now and I'll, I'll push the the third book out later in the week um and i've done some poetry which was an accident um that came about through one of my facebook groups but i'm um and i keep up with that because it was something i never expected to do so i still doodle out the odd poem and I've got enough together now that I can probably put another little book out soon. But the psychological suspense stuff does seem to have quite a following and quite quite an audience and quite a market and you know what you did is certainly doing a lot, it's doing a lot better, a lot faster than the others. It's, It's the kind of thing people like, they want to know what's going to happen in the end, it staggers through from one momentous happening to another. And there's and I had great fun. Um, I made friends with with Steve, who's my beta reader, around the time I was just about to publish it. And I said, well, do you want wanna beta read this for me? He said, yeah, absolutely. And then he kept sending me emails saying, this is going to happen, isn't it? I know who it is. It's got to be this person doing it. And, I'm, and I think this is great, because either he was right or he was way off beam. But it was great fun having someone who, who was going through it the first time saying it's got to be this person isn't it I'm pretty sure it's that person because and then giving me all the evidence for it and you think mm, yeah well you're just going to have to keep reading and see <laughs> yeah it's it's quite it's quite a fun it's quite a fun genre in its way um so yeah I, um it was just it was just an idea I'd been reading them and I suppose if I hadn't been reading them the idea would have just gone straight over my head and I wouldn't have thought anything of it but something came and I'd had a conversation with someone and something like this came up and I thought no I think there's a book in that so it took me there and it's strange isn't it but it it wasn't anywhere I was expecting to go but yeah so I've got another one partly written which was another one of these ideas I had and I'd shelved and then I thought Okay, if I get that and I change it a bit, I can turn it into psychological suspense. So that's where it's now headed. So, and I hadn't written so much of it that it was really difficult to change. But yeah, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on with that. Although coming up, when you see the amount of books out there and the amount of ideas the authors come up with, you think, how do you think of that? But you've you've got to constantly think up something new and and uh, work it so that people aren't going to guess it too easily who wants to do that but then when you do guess something that's uh, that's a good feeling <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah I'm a psychological suspect so I think that's a good place to be um if you were to put yourself in any of your books as a character which book would you like to be a character in
0: one of my own ones
1: yeah um
0: probably oh that's so difficult probably you know what you did um I mean, I put bits of me in them anyway. I mean, every book there's got something, um, and I hasten to add that I am not the main character in fairy tales don't come true. I've never, <laughs> I've never walked on that side of life. But some of the experiences that people have are just um, just things that I've I've noticed in life, um, and I yes, yeah, so I, I do put me in. I mean, characters talk characters talk for me anyway you know i'll, I'll give my opinion to someone think you know i really want to say that <laughs> i'd like to get that out there so you give it to a character to say um so probably um you know what you did and i won't i won't say why because it's it's um it, it would spoil it but um yeah there, there's quite a lot and there's there's something rather pleasant um when you can, you can do things in a book that you'd love to do in real life, but you'd probably end up behind bars for doing it. Okay, so I'll just do it in the book instead. And you get that lovely relieved feeling of, yeah, that's that if if only I could do that myself, (laughs) Um, which, yeah, no, it probably wouldn't be a good idea if I did. But uh, yeah, I think I think I think I'd be in there. Um, and I've got again. I've got. I've got some other ideas where there's probably some more of me going in at some point. But yeah, I, I would. I would probably be someone in in that book. There's there's a couple of candidates. Um, they've probably got bits of me there anyway. The good bits, obviously. There's
1: no bad stuff. No bad stuff going on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books? Ah, that's.
0: Um, I've. Got one. Go. Oh, I'm not sure how secret they are. It's a, oh, sorry, so it's that's that's difficult, really. I think there were things. I mean, I I just I I put a name, a friend's name in right at the end of you know what You did, and it's it was near the end, so it's not a character that's going to be developed. But she sent me. She got on WhatsApp and came and said, "I just found. I just turned the page and found my name. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? You know." Um, because she knows that it's that it's her obviously she knows that I know someone and it's quite an unusual name so she knows that it's it's her name I've borrowed and I I do that I've got a few a few names in there that are people I know and I've got a character in the the book that I'm just about to publish who he'll know who he is when he reads it (laughs) um so yeah, people, and sometimes there are there are bits and pieces that you think, oh, I wonder if so-and-so will remember that, um, little little instances, little happenings, and you think, is, you know, is that person going to say to me, you've put this in, I remember that, that happened years and years and years In fact, um, in, for an example, and the, the people, they've probably forgotten, but it was quite interesting. We had an instance years ago. We were on a beach in Cyprus with friends who lived there. And we could we could see something kind of moving across the sea towards the shore. It was a quiet day. The sea wasn't full of people or anything. Anyway, this thing got closer and closer and closer, and eventually it washed up on the beach. And this sounds really awful, but it was a dead cow, and it... It probably must have fallen overboard from a freighter transporting live animals and drowned, poor thing. Um, Anyway, and then so it was there and it wasn't in a nice condition. So somebody had to contact the authorities to do something about it. But I put it in one of my books because. It just helped to to make a point that, yes, you can. You if you, In the, the book, there, there are people out in a boat and they're accustomed to the seashore always looking the same. And if there's something there that isn't normally there, they'll pick up on it. So I gave this example of once when a, a dead cow had washed ashore. And I thought, I wonder if that friend will get in touch with me and say, I remember when that happened, you know, but she hasn't yet, so maybe she's forgotten. But... But yeah, there's little bits and pieces in there and sometimes people pick up on them and sometimes they don't, sometimes they don't. But yeah, they have to They have to go in because yeah, we go through life, we just pick things up, don't we? And think, yeah, I'll, I'll put that in, I'll put that in. And if so-and-so says, I remember that, then that's a good thing. But otherwise it, it's, yes, it's it's genuine, it's authentic because it has happened and I've seen it happen. So, but um, jokes, I don't, I, not that I can think of. But I'll let you know if I if I come up with
1: anything. <laughs> What's the most interesting thing you found doing research for your books? Um let me think.
0: I oh gosh, I found out. Oh, well, the first the first book, Fairy Tales Don't Come True, that I wrote. Um, I'd heard somewhere that there's a what could be called an alarming trend for students in this day of massive student loans and coming out with a huge debt round your neck, which I hope you haven't. Um, There's a a trend of, of students, not exclusively female, but mainly going into the sex industry to pay their way through university, which sounds a bit dodgy to say the least to me, because you don't quite know what you might be getting into. If you see what I mean. So I wrote the first book um, based on that. So then I I was doing all this research on prostitution, on sugar daddies, on drugs, because of course drugs come into it at a certain point. Um, Yeah, all the the kind of things you can, you know, this kind of typical sentence for for dealing in class A drugs or lower class drugs, all the various um slang names for for drugs <laughs> so i now know a bit about that um yeah, it just kind of went on from there um prisons you know you put someone in prison in a book well are they going to have their own cell or are they going to be sharing how does that work so i got into and there are prisons where they have dormitories you know so you can be in with about another five people so this is all stuff that was was completely new to me and the, the most difficult, and I only needed it for a small scene, but how the law works. Now, I, I worked as a receptionist for some for a legal firm once, and you know, legalese. I mean, it ties you up in knots. You see these documents, but so, I, but I just, and it was only a small scene, but I had to get it right. You know, whether someone could get done for contempt of court, um, what happens to become a hostile witness. You know, these things, and there was an awful lot of pouring through online documents just to make sure that I'd got that right. And it was a bit hard on me, myself, I suppose, because I've seen other authors since who said in, in their introductions or whatever on their books, all the mistakes are my own. You know I did this research, it's not my area and I think I've got it right. but if I've got it wrong, big apologies. So, and I probably should have said that, but I didn't know to, but no one's got on to me yet and said, you got that wrong. So I'm hoping that I got it right. But yeah, I I suppose, yeah, this whole legal system, prison system, how you get sent to prison in the first place, working on the wrong side of the law. Um, Yeah, things like prostitution that it's, oh, hang on now, what was it? It's, It's not illegal, but how you go about it could be illegal like you know soliciting in the street or putting cards in a phone box or if you're working solo from your flat you're okay but if you've got uh, someone else work if they're two of you or more then it constitutes a brothel and you're illegal I mean this is, this is such great knowledge yeah, this is gonna I don't think I'm gonna be looking at a future career in that direction but, yeah but you you, you go and it is so great that there's so much online that we can use these days I mean, when I was at school all those years ago, but you know, you couldn't, it was all books and you'd want to find something. I mean, I used to write to the BBC to find out what the theme music to a certain programme was. And they always wrote back and told me so that I could trot off and get the record of it. But now you, you, want, you can just go online and check something. And it's, I'm just so pleased that, that we're able to do that. Because how people managed in the past, I mean, it meant days trogging off to sit at the British Library or, or, or wherever and, and pour through loads of books. and It must have been really difficult. And it's like having computers now. I mean, how the likes of Dickens and Elliot and all the hardy managed just with paper and a fairly basic sort of pen? You know, what do you do when you think, no, I don't want that there. I want it two chapters down. And, I just can't imagine trying to manage that much paper and, and move things around. But they did it. So all credit to them and massive amounts of respect, I think.
1: Yeah, um, I was a mature student as well. And my uni friends genuinely asked me how we used to find stuff out before computers, because they can't believe that I was at school before Google existed. Like. We had books. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had to use books. And <laughs> what else do you think we'd done? Like yeah. <laughs> they were absolutely gobsmacked that there was a time when we'd done homework without the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a depressing it conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's just it's just the norm now, isn't it? And but I'm I'm very I'm very glad of it. It's it's just opened up a whole world, you know, you sit watching the television and say, Oh, I remember that person. Oh, they look familiar. Who is that? So you go off and check the cast list, find the actor. And, oh, yeah, I remember them in that programme, But you know, just on a a light level. But for other things, you can you can look up Oh, all sorts of battles, wars. Um, Well, my husband's big on. He's looking through our ancestry at the moment and he's joined ancestry. But the documents he finds and the things he finds out about, you know, people up our family trees it's quite incredible the information that's there but you know there you hit a point where you can't find something and that can be frustrating it just means somebody or there's writing you can't read and we'll be sitting and i'll we'll say can you read that and it's someone's scroll, and you're trying to work out what the name of the street is and it's it's really difficult but at least it's there and someone has gone through and copied all these documents and put them up on you know into these data banks so that we can look them up on the internet that's that's quite incredible so yeah we have we have come a very long way and i'm not sure i'd have got the book out or any of the books out if i'd been around before computing i can read them i can find them but it just takes so much longer to to do it all i think
1: yeah um completely lost my train of thought for a second
0: (laughs) I'm trying to think where we're at um yeah <laughs> oh i've lost you it was trick do i put tricks and jokes in um no sorry i've <laughs> I got okay. onto the internet so, oh the yeah. the uh, most interesting piece of research i found wasn't it and i i went off on a tangent <laughs> yeah other, that's fine writers and researching but yeah the fact we've got all this that
1: we can research um, is there anything you absolutely will not write about? Um,
0: I'm not big on horror type things. I've never, never gone there. Even I was, I was the kid hiding behind the sofa from the Daleks and the Cyberman when I, because we had Doctor Who back then too. Um, I'm not, not big on that. I'm not very good at creating fantasy worlds. I, have, I mean, my friend Steve, who Peter reads his books, he's created a whole future society. You know, he's even got a sort of a constitution in the back of one of the books of, of their laws and what was laid down for them to do. And so much detail in their living conditions. And this is, you know, um, basically we've ruined the you know, usual thing. We've ruined the world and the people that are left are trying to put it back together in some shape or form. Um, so it's not a fan, it's not a fantasy like um or Game of Thrones or something like that, or Lord of the Rings. It's more dystopian future of, of this world. But nevertheless, it's a whole new world and it's they've they've got to have rules, they've got to have regulations, they've got to have ways to make living easy or easier than it than it could be. Everything's gone back and got a bit prim- more primitive than it was, and they're travelling at some point through Sydney, I think it is, and the place is falling apart because it's just decaying. But I, I could... So either that or or a Game of Thrones-type fantasy kingdom somewhere, it's not really the kind of thing i do. And I, I, um, I like reading those things, although it took me a very long time to read Lord of the Rings. I kept trying it, and I'd get to about page 11. This was a very long time ago, and I couldn't get past it. And then they made the films... And when I'd seen two, I went off and got the books and then it was a hell of a lot easier to, to read them because I'd got the pictures from the film in my head of what people looked like, what the places they lived in looked like. Um, I'm not very creative in that way. So I probably wouldn't ever do anything on those lines. And again, there's um, I've read a lot of police type um, crime novels. But there, there's, and I could I could look it up if I wanted, I suppose, you know, the, the way the, and again, I had to put a scene with some police in, you know, what you did. And that wasn't too difficult because I'd sort of worked out from a lot of those books I'd read how when the, poli- the police come to your house and there's two of them to question you. it's just the basics, but I'd, I'd need to know an awful lot more about how a police station works. And I guess I'm probably not interested enough to go to that length to write, write about it. So I can't say I just write what I know because um, an awful lot of what I've written so far is stuff that I don't know. Um, but if I stuck to what I know, then I probably wouldn't get a whole book out. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, it's, it's got to be something that really grabs the, grabs the imagination or grabs my, yeah, I think that's a good idea and I'm going to go there kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I kind of love romance, although those sort of things, the... The future kingdoms, the fantasy kingdoms. The stuff I write pretty much does resemble a section of the world as we know it now. I'm not put at going off planet, put it that way, or going mm-hmm. further on planet down the road when I don't know what might be going on, if that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: Do you have any phobias and would you write about those? Oh. Um
0: I used to hate st- yeah um i don't even want to um there's nice nasty, nasty wiggly kind of creatures that you find in gardens slugs and snails. let's go let's go there Ugh, yuck um not that i quite see how i'd get them in a book but um there's probably somewhere yeah actually i did I've, i read a book where oh a couple got lost in a jungle and this woman ended up covered in these horrible white leeches that just sort of got on to, her. ah, <laughs> no, I hate that. And it made me feel quite ill. So I wouldn't be, yeah, no, they're, they're things I don't like particularly. Um, yeah, find them rather horrible. I'm, I'm, be- I'm not great with snakes. I'm not terrified of snakes. If they put one in the same room, I probably would be. I'm better with spiders than I was if they're not too big. Um, I mean, if they get bigger than that, then sort of circumference-wise, I'm probably not too happy. But in general, I'll I'll pick them up in a tissue and get them out of the house. Um, I get rid of wasps. I'm not I'm not bad with wasps. A lot of people hate wasps. I've, I've been with people going crazy because there's a wasp in the room. I can shift those. But no, it's it's nasty. Pre- yeah, I saw um, I saw a king one of the King Kong films where. Oh, I can't remember who was in it, but the the crew of the ship were getting eaten by these nasty giant slugs and things and that freaked me out and I didn't sleep too well that night. It sounds awful, doesn't it? But just because you're older doesn't mean there aren't things that really (laughs) do not give you massive creeps. Yeah, so that kind of thing would not be will not appear in any of my books. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go there. (laughs)
1: If you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Oh, um, Faye Weldon's
0: up there, I think. I love all her. I'm working my... I've read some of her... Yeah, I've read loads of her books. I'm working through some of her older books that are all on Kindle Unlimited. So I have to take a break every now and then, but there's still quite a few there. Um, so I'm, I'm working my way through reading reading Faye Weldon's. I think, she's, I think she teaches down somewhere in the Bristol Bath, area university down there so yeah that would probably be a very interesting day she's changed she's changed genre now she's I think she's done everything she could on feminist writing and now she's doing what looks like historical fiction which doesn't massively appeal to me so I don't tend to read it although I liked it when back when I read all those Jean Plady books I've just um I've just moved away from that I, th- I think I think Fay Weldon would be up there, and Salma Rushdie would be interesting to spend a bit of time with, I think too. <laughs> yeah, um, and Howard Jacobson, but pro- probably probably Fay Weldon. She should be um she'd probably be number one because she was writing it all so so long. You know, she was she was up there when feminism was first doing great things, and she, I mean. Uh, Life and Loves of a She Devil, such a good book. I remember, love that. Bought it and reread it again recently, um, and that's just one of them. So, yeah, I think a day with Faye would be a, a good way, a good way, a good way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a bottle of wine in as well. Like that, it could be an
1: interesting conversation. I think. <laughs> What's your uh, most overused word or phrase? The one you always have been to edit out. Oh, God. Gosh, gosh, gosh.
0: I might have to ask. My husband says I finish too many sentences with also. So that tends to go. Um, I can't think. If I if I was working on something now, I'd come up with... Say, oh, yeah, I use that a lot. I have to change that. I think it, it's more... It's more about... Getting, I've got the wrong word, and I go through and think, no, that doesn't sound right. So I agonise, and I can't think of an example. But I agonise over finding enough, and it's not difficult. There's a, you can go on, click on the word on the computer and look up synonyms and find other words that mean pretty much the same thing. Um, I have a lot of people waking up in the night thinking about things, but I do that. So I mean, I'm, I go to bed quite early these days. I didn't always about 10 but I tend to be awake I've been better lately I have been waking up till about four but I, I have been in the past waking up about half past two and then I, I can't I can't get off again so it's lay there thinking and then I've got the smartphone so it's lay there and do my updates or or you know check the social media see what's there um do a bit of Sudoku mind sweep a few games just to keep the uh, cogs turning but I'm I, don't tend to get off again so if I have a lot of people awake thinking things in the night it's because it's what I tend to do and it's a good time to think of things because there's no distractions no one else talking to you nothing to go and do it's just you and your thoughts so maybe I should have them doing it at another time but the night works for me so if it's good enough for me it should be good enough for them really <laughs> but I try to change when I can if there's if there's a
1: viable alternative put it that way yeah another author recently said that their characters were always shrugging always shrugging so they had to change (laughs) which made me laugh
0: I don't I guess yeah I have I have yeah um I have people looking off over other people's shoulder i know what they mean on the other hand that's that's quite a good thing because it's it's almost showing rather than telling something about somebody isn't it you know yes so and so shrugged again it's just it's just what they do it's their way of well i'm not going to say anything about that i'll just whatever which is a, <laughs> a, a word i like i like a lot um no i had i am i had um I had I had the main character in fairy tales was wearing a locket that she she's always consciously or unconsciously just playing with toying with, and the it, it's just it's just to show that it you know it does mean a lot so it's I wouldn't get rid of it because it's there for a purpose, but no i can't I can't think do I have them shrugging I don't have them pushing their hair back you know or um. Not a lot of hand wringing going on. No, I think it's it's generally thinking things that they're waking. Yeah, they do wait, They do just tend to wake up in the middle of the night and start thinking about something when they'd probably be better getting a few more hours sleep. But we can't always control those things. So, <laughs> so yeah, I should probably get them some sleeping tablets and give them a few hours, yeah.
1: and they might be a bit more healthy anyway. <laughs> Have you made friends with a lot of authors? <laughs> Um, A, f- a few. Um, I was talking about Steve,
0: who does my beta reading. Um, I've got... And they're, they're all authors like me, you know, we all love the big time. I've got a friend, Linda, in India, who's a poet, and her book recently made hashtag one in... She writes Christian poetry, hashtag one on Amazon India, which she was really pleased about. Um, I've got Nancy in Washington State who runs a Facebook writers group I'm on. She got me writing poetry because she decided to have a, a month. of She'd put up a picture prompt on the group every day and just said, just take it, write three short paragraphs or something. So I thought, yeah, I can do this. And then the first one, I, I took the picture and I sat down to write. And poetry, poetry came out. Not sort of the old fashioned rhymey rhymey thing. Very free verse. But I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So I posted it, and she liked it. And I thought, well, I'll see if I can carry on doing that. So um, the whole month, like every... I mean, and she's in Washington State, so she'd post about midnight. And if I was still awake, I'd check the phone, look at the picture, and then go to sleep with the picture in my head, and then hopefully wake up with an idea of a poem I could write to it. And at the end of the month I had 30 odd poems. So I made up a little book of my October poems from it, just all written to these pictures. So yeah, she's become a very good friend. And then she did the same in November, and they were all based around um American Thanksgiving. So I've got a book of, of Thanksgiving poems as well. And I've she's been putting some more pictures up and I've been I've been doing my own thing. But yeah, I never meant to do poetry. So Nancy's become a very good friend because and I don't know quite why that happened but go with the flow if my brain wants me to write some poetry I'll do it you know so something I wasn't expecting and that's good but yeah she's become a very good friend so I've I've got I've got at least three very good friends and a few a few people who aren't writers necessarily they just happen to be people that somehow we've become friends and we're on various groups and they've got the same sense of humour Um, so they post things that I find funny I post things they find funny or whatever so yeah about three three at least probably about half a dozen um, at at different levels but yeah I wasn't expecting that but then I just didn't really know what to expect with social media anyway but yeah but um, so I've got that's three other authors at least and others who we we have a a nice acquaintanceship and we'll discuss things occasionally if we're in the same conversation yeah but Steve, Linda and Nancy are authors good to know and good to bounce ideas off of and that's that's very helpful and that's part of what writing groups are for I think isn't it so we can we can ask and I see so many questions going up from people I don't know in other groups they're just group members and they'll, they'll post something and say does anyone have an idea about this and if I think I've got something useful to say I'll chime in and that's that's very helpful I had people you know giving me advice giving me ideas reading what I've done and saying oh, you could maybe change this a bit so um that's all right there's an alarm going off somewhere but it's not me it's somebody else Oh, my husband's just rushing through to turn his phone off. <laughs> not mine, and that's, that's I can see mine. It's not mine, and it's not mine. Yeah, no, it's. Um, the, I suppose one. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare to say we're friends, but I when I started reading psychological suspense thrillers, I found one called Roses Are Red by Miranda Rikes, which I really, I really like very much so i went and they're on kindle unlimited so i went and found some more of her books and i, I was reading these away thoroughly enjoying them and then I, I checked out her website and she mentioned um a writer's group called the writer's block on facebook that she was a member of and i thought i'll have a look at that the writer's group it'll be good so i joined and it's run by emily wonderful lady um which has been very good, but Miranda's part of the group, so occasionally she she's in there making a comment. And when I wrote, you know what you did, she actually read it on Kindle Unlimited and gave me a five-star review, which made me incredibly happy because she's very successful I and mean, she's she's done must be a dozen or more books she's written by now. Um, she's got a publisher, which is in fact they. This is great. She. She self-published her, her first psychological suspense thriller, from what I understand, and a publisher found it on Kindle Unlimited and approached her and said, we like your book. Um, we'd like to take it on, and she had to give it a new name and a new cover, but you're not going to say no, are you, if that happens, I think. Um, I don't think I would. I'm not sure anyway, but, yeah, she got taken on by a publisher, um, which is great. But it was, it was really very kind of her to to read my book and give me a review and i posted it everywhere like, you know, bragging rights time to, to um so that because it's it's a good feeling she's successful and if she if she thinks it's worthy then that makes me that makes me feel good so i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't dare to say i'm her friend but we're on chatty terms on on facebook and on instagram and i've read her books she's read one of my books uh, that I'm, I'm good with that yeah so that's that's been a very good thing and uh, i'm pleased with it
1: yeah what's your biggest dream
0: um oh yeah I, well I, I suppose that someone that that one of my books will suddenly catch the public imagination and millions of people buy it and no i'm not big on dreams. I used to like realism when I was, when I was studying literature at, at university. Um, and I mean, dream, dreams are great things, but you wake up at some point generally as, as far as I can see. So, um, yeah I do have ideas I mean I do those little fantasies you know when when I don't know you're on the train and it catches fire and you're heroic and you rescue people or you're at a concert and the the pianist who's meant to be there gets stuck in traffic on the way and can't be there when something happens but you're a musician and you happen to know the piece so you get up and fill in and everyone loves you know we all do those little fantasy things but they are just that they're not going to happen but in terms of the really yeah i like that there are people out there who have read my books and have said nice things about them and if a whole lot more people read them and said nice things about them and i've got some more money that would be that would be i wouldn't mind that i could i could live with that but the fact that some people are reading them is and the fact that i've actually got them together in the first place i think is very good so if it never gets any bigger than that well i've done it and um, you know the feeling of writing a book it's it's um, it's an achievement you know you look at it you think all that all those pages i filled those with all those words and that all got worked out in here so i'm kind of pleased with the achievement but yes there's a, a book called the alchemist by paul coelho paul coelho um which my husband liked the look of so we got hold of it and in and if you've read it in the Ford, it says that he published it, and this is before ebooks, but it sold one, one copy in the first year. And then the second year it sold another copy, and they suspect it was the same person that bought the first copy, probably buying it as a present for someone else. Um, and the publishers weren't too impressed, and it looked like he was going to lose his contract, all sorts. And then somebody translated it into English, because he's Mexican, I believe. Um and so it went out in another language and somewhere down the line it caught the public imagination and it really took off and he's a very happy man and he's writing other books some of which i have to read so so say so, well you know it's a so process. you think oh i'm going to write this book and everyone's gonna buy it but no you've got to do a bit of amazon advertising and put it out there on social media and i mean i mine didn't do a lot to start with but recently they're you know they're gathering a bit more momentum which is a good feeling i think well yeah keep going keep going keep going hopefully it'll it'll keep picking up and you might just achieve something decent which would be good so yeah if um it's good that some people are reading them if a lot more people decided to read them yeah that that would be a dream that would be that would be a good thing i'd like that I suppose that's pretty much it with being an author, isn't it? It's, I've had a lot of good stuff in my life. If, if the if the writing thing would get um, would go large, as it were, I'd be yeah chuffed. I suppose <laughs> a good word for it. Very pleased.
1: And what's the last book that made you cry? <laughs> Say that again. Sorry. What's the last book that made you cry?
0: Oh wow. um Oh, oh, oh. I wouldn't say it was the last one. Um, I cried a bit writing some of mine some of my own actually there's um, and it feels that you feel a bit soppy I think should I be doing this should I? Be? Yeah if you're if you're crying other people might cry. No the I mean the big cryful book of my life is and I wrote about it this morning on Facebook actually The Mill on the Floss by George Eliot classic Don't know if you' ever read it um I've read it it really affected me because I got um it sort of awakened my feminist conscience at the age 14 um and at the end of the book I mean I've read it loads of times I have a copy it was it was a very important book for me because it it I grew up about the the double sexual standard you know men and women um which was the 19th century, and it hadn't improved a great deal by the when uh, the 1970s, um, and in some places now, I'm not sure it has terribly. But this this book, it just hit me that the oh, I was so angry with it and upset, and the injustice to this this Maggie, this lovely young woman in it. Um, so and I cried, I cried a lot of it through anger, but at the end, I just cried because oh my god, it's just so unhappy at the end. So I've read it. So I, I read it regularly and I know what's going to happen. It's not going to change. I still cry my eyes out at the end. It still has that effect. And you think, well, it, it shouldn't. You know, the first time you read something or see something that's going to affect you when you know what's going to happen, it doesn't get you in the same way. But it always gets me. I just can't get through it without a box of tissues <laughs> the closer it gets to the end. Um but oh I've read I've read so many, I, I can't really, um I can't really pin something else down, except for sitting writing my own and crying and thinking, stop being soppy, maybe you shouldn't be writing this if it has that effect. <laughs> but we like our books to affect people, don't we? And if they throw it across the room in anger or cry at it or I don't know, burn it, throw it in the bin, I don't know, at least it's at least it's elicited some kind of emotional reaction. Which is what we want to do, really, isn't
1: it? I think. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. on the Floss has a very different reaction for me. I was forced to read for my GCSE or A level English Mm. literature, Mm. and I just have memories of like, oh, it was so long, (laughs) and I I have no desire to ever read it again.
0: Well, that is different taste, isn't it? I mean, we just, I don't know. I mean, yes, I've, oh, what was it? Um, I I mean, I have a a lot of classics I like, but some, um, I have a theory that an awful lot of of classic books, if they were written today and taken to a publisher, they wouldn't get published. It would be the sorry, not for us. No, it's too long. It's too this. But I've tried twice. It's it's one defeat. Um, Les Miserables. I think the best thing anyone ever did with that, in my humble opinion, was to make it into a musical. Because I, I've t- twice, and recently, I thought, I, years ago, I tried reading, I couldn't get all the way through. And recently, I thought, I'm going to do it this time. So I sat down with a, an online version, went through it, and it's um, the priest that... that Let's that shows Jean Valjean hospitality, and then when the police say he's nicked your silver, he says, no, no, I gave it to him, really. I gave it to him, it's okay. You get 50 pages about this priest before the main story even starts. You get his life history. Which you know to just to come up and then it's just it, it keeps going off on tangents and you think you know come back come back I want this main story please and I just got to a point and I can't be doing with this so maybe third time lucky but I'm I'm really convinced it just wouldn't the publisher wouldn't touch it today so it's only my opinion but so whoever said I think we'll make a musical out of this and that well they laughed all the way to the bank really didn't they but everyone knows of it now in its musical version which yeah. is Right. it's a great telling of the story, cutting out all the unnecessary <laughs> verbiage, shall we say? Um, you know, but so, so yeah, I've I've had books. Um, I mean, Henry James. I have a real. I just can't get on with with his books. Yeah, if I'd been given a Henry James at GCSE, what was it? Uh, do you know what? I think I might just leave school now and <laughs> go and go and work in a shop or something, but. Uh, no, that Mill on the Floss just just appealed to me somehow. I don't know, maybe I was the... I don't think I was a badly behaved little girl, but there was something about maybe she was the little girl I would have liked to be, really. And that's something else with writing. You, you give your characters thing, characteristics, make them do things you'd never have the courage to do, but you give it to them in a book and you think, oh, yeah, great, go for it, do that. <laughs> Enjoy yourself doing that really bad thing. And you know what? I'm going to let you get away with it as well. <laughs>
1: uh, it's a, a nice a nice feeling of power, I think. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, if you were to invite four famous people to a dinner party, who would you invite?
0: <laughs> ah, ah. Um, oh, gosh, that would be interesting because I think some of them are no longer with us. <laughs> uh, there, was
1: called,
0: <laughs> there was an actor called Tim Pickett Smith. He was, um, there was an ITV series, The Jewel in the Crown, Paul Scott's Raj Quartet made in the early eighties. And he played the really, really nasty villain, Ronald Merrick. Um, but saw him in, in a couple of theater plays. He was in, they did um, not long before he passed away actually. King Charles III, and I can't remember who wrote it off the top of my head, but he played the part in the theater initially, and they made a, a shortened and abbreviated TV version. He, play, he played King Charles III in that. It was just an actor I liked. I liked the way he acted, so I wouldn't mind him to dinner, I think. Um, who else? Gosh, I'm not I'm not massive on famous. You see, I've, for, I've forgotten probably Salman Rushdie, I suppose, and Faye Weldon would... Uh, oh, Germaine Greer, Australian... Love her, like her style. <laughs> she's oh, just she's so unafraid of things, even when she's, you know, she's she's up there now, but uh, she's still, she's still feisty and fighting. And uh, yeah, that would that would be an interesting mix, wouldn't it? I could just. I would have. We've got Germaine Greer, probably Salman Rushdie, Tim picksmith, and I suppose Bay Weldon too. I could just, I'd just be serving them the food and drink, really, wouldn't I, and listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there'd be a lot to be said there probably Germaine uh, no, would probably dominate a bit maybe Salmon as well as Tim would interject he'd listen and interject some thoughtful comments thoughtful but meaningful comments, yeah, stuff that made you think and Faye she'd, she'd pretty much, I think she'd be in there too yeah, that would be interesting heaven knows what I'd feed them
1: <laughs> take a, away, take,
0: take yeah. away. <laughs> you know i did dinner parties years ago and there's so much hassle for, for and i would always let things burn because you think yeah i've got to go out and put something on in five minutes but you're listening to somebody saying something really interesting oh another five minutes it'll be all right <laughs> I, I think it'd be just far easier to have people around to just send out for pizza get the wine Get, get, get a bunch of get takeaway in and then you can just enjoy listening and talking to people can't you which is yes which is what they're there for really not to judge the um condition of your cooking yes. i think people used to think so not anymore <laughs> we've, we've moved on from then i think
1: um who was your first celebrity crush
0: um this was a very long time ago <laughs> Difficult to remember. Um, I don't know. I think I tried not to have one because all the all the girls at school were having crushes on people and sticking pictures of them inside their desk lids, and I thought I thought it would be cool actually not to have a celebrity crush. So I I didn't do that. I was I was the cool one that didn't have the the picture taped under the desk lid, and they're all swooning over whoever, and I was. <laughs> well whatever I'm not that interested really (laughs) you know I don't need no I just I just didn't really do it um I can't say no I can't I can't really think about anyone that that I I was swooning over I just I just decided the cool attitude of I'm not interested in that kind of thing um I don't need to be because it's all image then and I was no I don't want to be like everybody else I'm gonna have a I'm gonna be different. So I didn't I didn't do crushes.
1: Um what would those closest to you say your worst habits are? <laughs> He's in the next room, I'm tempted to call out and
0: ask. <laughs> uh shaggy dog stories, I guess. No, I'm trying to tell him something. And it, will you just get to the point, because I'm saying, well, you know when we went there and oh, and so and so was there. Do you remember that person that your mother used to know? Uh, just tell me what you want to tell me, but I'm I'm giving him the whole backstory on it, and uh, maybe that's part of writing. You see, if you can you can actually set a scene, and uh, I mean, if I if I wrote the books the way Hubby would like me to write them, they wouldn't be very long. You know, his <laughs> so went there, did this, came home, did that, had a phone call with so and so, went to bed, um, heard about something, read about it in the newspaper. You know, none of all the all the um, scene setting and who else happened to be there and what was going on. Um, I suppose that's that's the worst habit, not getting to the point. <laughs> so I suppose writing is a good thing because you have to get to the point
1: at some point. <laughs> but you also need all the other stuff there, so it's just yeah. perfect. <laughs>
0: It's it's got to be there. No, I can I can uh, I can go on a bit and not not come to the point. And he hates that. It's just just <laughs> tell me what. I I think it's it's um yeah. Also, when, years when we went shopping to get me an engagement ring, we uh, we went into the first jewellers and found a ring, and it was a great ring. But I insisted that it was my right to go around all the other jewelers and check all the... And then we went back and got the first ring we'd seen. Which he was very good about that, but we were just getting engaged. So I think he, he, was, he was a little more forgiving and tolerant about it. But uh, well, because I just felt, you know, you're only going to do this once. You might as well go out and check absolutely everything that's on offer. So, yeah, t- taking, taking time over doing something that could be done a lot sooner, but what's life for if I have time I've got to use it somehow
1: (laughs) well I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us about well I don't
0: think so um I'll probably remember it later on and I'll send you a big Facebook post and say put it up (laughs) but I've I've, um, I've enjoyed speaking and it's it's um It's good. It's interesting to get up on on a screen for the first time. I probably won't watch this, so I will. And I think, oh, my God, I look horrible. I sound horrible. Um, Never having really been recorded on anything before. But no, I'm just I'm glad. I'm really pleased that you have this Facebook page and that you've given me this opportunity to be interviewed and just get up and talk about me and what I do and how I feel about what I do and hope that maybe some people might feel that my books might be worth having a look at and a read of, because they're all, all on Kindle Unlimited for anyone that's got that. Um, and I can't think of anything, but later on I think, oh yeah, I should have said this, but <clears throat> this this is me. Um, there is more, but the, the books are all there on Amazon. Laura Lindhurst, have a look. There's some poetry, there's some psychological suspense, there's even some literary fiction. Third volume about to come out. Um, if you fancy, a look, please. I'd be very, very honoured if anyone would would like to read them and give me a review, or or at very least just a rating, because they count on Amazon too to pushing you up the ranks. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just I'm just it's been very nice talking to you, and thanks for because you work all day, so it's it's good that you make the time to do this at the end of it when you probably want to put your feet up and get a drink and just veg out and watch something interesting for the evening, or read a book, which is the other the other option when there's nothing on the box. And uh, we've been going through that, haven't we, with the lockdown, stuff not <laughs> being made. Yeah, I've been watching, watching um, Walter Presents foreign language crime series on channel four, catch up. They're very good things on there, actually. But uh, that's how much No, I'm, I want to thank you for interviewing me, giving me this, this chance. And I shall keep in touch through the group and Hope you enjoy my book when you get to it at some point.
1: <laughs> In the yeah. queue of
0: books, <laughs> you must yeah. have a stack of them waiting, looking at you a mile high. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty <laughs> I don't good. even look anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just take the next one off the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to do. And I thank you for this uh, this chance to get on screen with you. And thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. So. Thank you very much once again.